Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. Dear friends, I welcome you to the liturgy of the 25th Sunday of the year. Last Sunday, having been with his disciples for a while, and knowing fully his time was imminent, Jesus puts this mind-bogging question. Who do you say I am? This question was in two different stages. The first one was, who do you say I am? The apostles, some, uh, the followers of Jesus said, you are John the Baptist, some say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets has come alive. But turning to his immediate followers, he said, you, what of you, who do you say I am? And Peter spoke up that you are the Messiah. So this question was greeted with different answers. And the answers given were satisfactory and in line with Jesus' mission. This gave Jesus the impetus to reveal his impending passion, death, and resurrection for the salvation of the world. Peter, humanly speaking, couldn't fathom and understand how such a successful fellow like Jesus whom they left everything and followed, could pass through such excruciating pains. If that happened to the master, what would be the fate of his followers? This question, who do you people say I am, is a very, very fundamental question that uh, is even relevant to you on that side and we on this side. To follow someone faithfully, you need to know the person. And your knowledge of that person helps you to relate better with the person. In asking that question, Jesus needed feedback. And we could hear the feedbacks. We are not out of place. To be compared to John the Baptist, Jeremiah, and one of the prophets was a compliment on the side of Jesus. And Peter said, you are the Messiah. He knew fully that his time was close to end. And he wanted to know if his mission and vision was going to be accomplished by these chosen people. And when he understood that they knew his mission, and that was why he continued to say to them, he's going to suffer and die in such a shameful and disgraceful way. You and myself need to define Jesus. Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to me? We can easily follow the crowd. Because I was born a Catholic, that is why I continue to go to the church. Have you asked yourself a fundamental question? Who is Jesus to me? This question, we can never exhaust the answer. Every day you come to pray, you need to ask this question. And for us to answer this question conveniently, 
We need to approach Jesus in prayer constantly. My relationship with Jesus in prayer will help me to define the person of Jesus to me. In prayer, we are connected with Jesus. In prayer, we get into relationship that we get to know him even better. Aside from that, we need to study the Bible. In the Bible contains the mission of Jesus. The person of Jesus, the Old Testament, tell us about his coming. The New Testament told us about what happened after he has arrived. And we have to know the Bible if we must know Jesus. A priest visited a family. The family accepted to host the priest. And when the priest arrived, he discovered an envelope with money to the tune of $3,000. He had his meal, and when he was going, the envelope disappeared. The family started contemplating perhaps father left with the envelope. And they couldn't muster courage to call father to find out our envelope is missing. Until after a couple of months, the woman mustered courage to ask father. Now that the envelope, he came to our family, one of our envelopes disappeared. And the priest said to them, I kept the envelope inside the Bible. The envelope was kept inside the Bible, and it tells us for how many months they have not gone through the Bible. If they had gone through the Bible, they would have noticed the envelope. And this is very, very common with us, that we hardly go through the Bible. The Bible is the compass. Those that fly cannot do without the map. The map to whatever country they are going to. Without the map, those flying cannot do anything. The Christian cannot go to heaven without the Bible. That father must have made away with the envelope was the answer, while the envelope was inside the Bible. If you want to hide something from a Christian, put it inside the Bible. We hardly read our Bibles. The Bible is strictly for the priests. Even some priests don't even read the Bible. The compass to heaven is the Bible. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. It's in the Bible. The challenge, if we want to know Jesus, we have to be with him in prayer, and we equally have to read our Bibles in order to know him. Who is Jesus to you? Is a question we have to ask ourselves. For you to be a committed disciple, you need to know whom you are following. I need to know whom I am following. My effort every day is to know Jesus even the more. Because St. Jerome would say ignorance of Jesus is ignorance. Ignorance of the Bible is ignorance of Jesus himself. Who do you say I am? It's an important question that even husbands can ask their wives. Sometimes we develop a relationship that is not very, very healthy. 
We need feedbacks about ourselves. The priest must ask the parishioners, what do they think of him if he must make a headway in his work in the parish? To ask the parishioners, what do you think of me? He needs to know. Some may have their different gossips about you, but when you get wind of that, it helps you to sit up and then address the issue properly. The husband must ask the wife, in your workplace, there is nobody that should be ignored, even the security person, even the gate man. You can find out so much about yourself from him. Jesus asked in order to get feedback. We need feedback from people. Your husband and the family, even your children, you'll be surprised to hear what your children will tell you about yourself. But do we care to ask? Many people hardly ask for feedbacks. We need to know from people their opinion about us. Otherwise, we'll just be thinking that we are making it while we are derailing. We are off the track. I need to know about myself. You need to know yourself. Also, we know that most problems we have are these problems of who you are. You find people in crisis, people in crisis, a lot of things are eating them deep, but they can't express it. Our problems are personality problems sometimes. We need to address the issue, even not just knowing who Jesus is, but who am I? This goes beyond I am Timothy. I am more than that. My weaknesses and my strengths and my ability to know my weaknesses is a big advantage on my side. In asking for feedback, you must know the two. You must be able to give feedback based on the strengths and then the weaknesses. And when we are able to have that, I think whoever that gives us a feedback, we should appreciate such a person. But coming to look at it, at this crucial time, Jesus was speaking about his suffering, his passion, his suffering, and then his death on the cross. And then these apostles, we are busy arguing who is the greatest among them. It's just they didn't understand where Jesus was heading towards. If he is talking about how he will die a merciless death, and then they are busy arguing who is the greatest among them, shows that we are not on the same page with Jesus. How sorrowful that we are supposed to be. But they were busy arguing. Now who is the greatest among them? They didn't understand the mission of Jesus. Jesus therefore used the imagery of a child to teach the disciples. He places a child before them. He demonstrated that their vision must be like that of a child. Why did Jesus use the image of a child? Carl Jung, a psychologist, maintains that the human personality is driven by two energies, the old man or the senior energy, and then the child's energy. The senior energy gears towards competition, power, success, calculative, and manipulative 
that is the adults, the senior man, the old man, always calculating how to be successful, always thinking of how to manipulate and get at issues. But the child does not reason in such a way. And this is why the second reading addresses on the causes of war and fighting among people. It is our inordinate desires, passions, jealousy, and selfish ambitions that are at war inside us. When you desire something, you are prepared even to kill in order to obtain such a thing, desires. Go back to the Bible, the story about King Ahab. In the book of Kings, 1 Kings chapter 21, from verses 11, when we read onward, that when the king wanted the vineyard belonging to Naboth, he called Naboth and asked him about the vineyard. Naboth said, no, it is an, a family inheritance. We can't give it for whatever cost. He went back home miserable. And Jezebel said, what is happening with you, my king? He said, this is the story. Huh? He said, we can kill him and get it. And Naboth was killed. And they took possession of the vineyard. And similarly, when David was strolling in his vineyard and he discovered the wife of Uriah, he desired her and sent after her. He committed adultery with her. He sent for Uriah from the war front. He came, go to the house. He refused to go because he knew he was at war. He couldn't have any contact with his wife. He was sent to the war front and he was killed. When we desire something, we are prepared to take whatever way in order to have it, even if it means killing and doing away with people. This is the cause of the troubles we have. Our ambitions, our desires that are inordinate. It's quite good to have an ambition, quite all right. Desires, if they are positive, they are good. But when they are negative, they are not good. Even Susanna, in the book of Daniel, chapter 13, the two old men that wanted to have Susanna, he said, no. They plot evil against Susanna. God raised Daniel to save her. These desires lead us into trouble. And this is why even the first reading is talking to us. Where the evil people are busy thinking of how to ambush the righteous people. That we are plotting on how to deal with the righteous people. Let's see how God will save them. Can we have people that are thinking in that direction? We should encourage the righteous people. We should support them. And we should learn from them, convert our evil ways to the righteous way. But many are saying, we will deal with them. We will deal with them. You are dealing with God. Let's learn from the righteous people. While the child's energy is attuned to cooperation, celebration, 
prone to making mistakes, easy come and easy go, more prepared to change and let go. The child is humble, the child is innocent, the child is forgiven. You beat the child now, immediately. You call him, Junior, come here. And he comes, he forgets easily what you have done to him. They fight now, and they settle immediately, but the adult will not do that. When we fight today, years and years and years, we are thinking of that, how to revenge and the rest of them. And this is why Jesus used the image of a child that if we don't become like little children, no place for us in heaven. To follow Jesus, we need a childlike trust and simplicity. Even if the dad is not strong, the child will say, my dad will beat you. Even when he knows that the father is not strong. As far as he knows, the strongest person is his dad. And therefore, he is prepared to deal with any person. The child has trust in the father and in the mother. And so, we should have trust in our father in heaven. Our trust should be absolute. What is Jesus telling us today? He be careful of our desires. Desires could cut across different dimensions. And then we must learn to be like the little children. Very innocent, very simple, very forgiven. Unassuming. They are down to earth. We have so much to learn from them. We have our children with us that we can learn from their spirituality. And finally, I conclude with the story that one day a woman took her grandchildren to a restaurant. Her six-year-old grandson asked if he could say the grace after meal. As they bowed their heads, he said, God is good. God is great. Thank you for the food. And I will even thank you more if grandma gets us ice cream for the desert and liberty and justice for all. Amen. See how a, a little child will pray. He has thanked them for the meal. But if grandma can afford a piece of ice cream, that he will thank her even the more. 